0: I'm Mark Walsh, and coming up on today's show... It's the most amazing story that I've been covering, because if you live in D.C., who supports Dan Snyder? I can't find one person when he said that he was going to sell the team. There was universal... uh, Acclaim! uh, uh, Totally. People were like, you know, uh, celebrating in, in the streets. Yeah.
1: Welcome to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast. Hey, it's What's Working in Washington. I'm your host, Mark Walsh. Today, we're excited to have as our guest, John Orand. He is the media reporter for Sports Business Journal here in the Washington Marketplace. And he and his partner, Andrew Marchand, have the March And On Iran Sports Media Podcast. I highly recommend it. We discuss all things Washington sports. We talk about Dan Snyder and the Commanders. Shockingly, we talk about regional sports networks, which are having a rough time. And lastly, we talk about gambling. What does gambling mean in big sports teams? What does it mean to you as a person watching? Gamblers watch the entire game. So advertisers like gamblers because they want those eyeballs all the way to the end of the final whistle. It's a fascinating conversation that you won't want to miss. It's great to have you back, John. It's great to be here. So there's so much to cover, but I think top of mind in many DCers is the Washington Commanders and their ownership structure. What's your sense of conversations? If there is such a thing as a bidding war going on, who's playing it? What's the future of Dan Snyder?
0: it's the most amazing story that I've been covering because if you live in D.C., who supports Dan Snyder? I can't find one person that's like, you know what, he's not a bad guy because right. he pays for players. Or yeah. He's not a bad... like it, 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 When he said that he was going to sell the team, there was universal... Uh, Acclaim! Uh, uh, totally. People were like, you know, uh, celebrating in, in the streets. Yeah. But I, my concern about that is that it feels a little bit like wish fulfillment yeah. of, of sorts because Dan Snyder has not, not actually said that he wants to sell the team. They're just exploring ah. options into selling the team. Uh, one of the reasons that people think that Dan Snyder is going to sell the team is because the other owners are getting uh, upset with uh, the way that he's been running the uh, the, the, the franchise here. Uh, the owner of the Baltimore Colts, Ursae, got came out and actually publicly, you never see this in the NFL, publicly. You mean the Ravens? Uh, thank the, you. As <laughs> a Baltimore
1: boy, when you say Baltimore Colts, my heart stirs with with past love. Did I say
0: Baltimore Colts. You did. I meant the Indianapolis Colts. Sorry, you uh, said Baltimore Colts. But oh, thank you. My for goodness. That. Yes, yeah. yes.
1: Uh, but you never see that. And he said,
0: like, you know, maybe it's time to move on. Here's the problem with that, though. Never in NFL history have the owners ever voted one of their own out. And really? the idea of setting a precedent and 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 putting Dan Snyder out because of something that he might do a lot of these owners have closets that are filled with things that they don't they don't want to go slippery public. slope that, yeah I, that's a, that's a, slippery slope actually is something here yeah so there's a process going on people have been making bids there is a potential that he might be blown away by a certain bid but it's it, it's gone uh there, there haven't been there hasn't been a lot of news that's come out about it yet and it's uh, it's making me think a little bit more that maybe he's looking to sell a minority stake. Or maybe he's just like testing the market now and might might do something later on.
1: Has he hired a banker?
0: He has hired a banker. Bank of America. And that's another funny thing. Dan Snyder runs the most secretive organization in the NFL. Bank of America, especially when it comes to these sales, totally secretive. Any kind of press and uh, that, that you get out of this – I don't necessarily trust because it's uh, it, interesting. It, it, it's hard to get news out of these uh, out of these entities.
1: So, how seriously to the point on the other other owners, and as as I mentioned, being a Baltimorean, I, the name Ursay is not particularly a friendly <laughs> one. I to apologize me. for that. No, absolutely. no, it's good. It's good. It I wasn't Bob Ursay, it was his son. <laughs> yeah, <right>. So, <laughs> I need to, I need to share my pain. But the mm. um, the sense of quote wrongdoing unquote that has surfaced with some of his former employees. The cheerleaders, etc., with the with sort of the um, environment of misogyny and stuff that that Dan Snyder specifically and the organization have been accused of, and a lot of evidence for it. Um, Are those some of the skeletons you think are in other closets, or are there financial skeletons, or is it like like a wide range of things they probably don't want to know? Well, I think there's also financial allegations that came out about Dan Snyder as ah.
0: well. I think all of those uh, you you can you can put into that that closet uh, yeah. aspect, and it's things that people don't want to come out, and if. All of a sudden, you set a precedent where it's like, okay, we're gonna we got rid of Dan Snyder for the financial irregularities that that came from how he reported revenue. Uh, okay, you know, other owners might, you know, they they don't want they, look good to me. Yeah, I know. We want that money. I think that uh, so there, there's the way that Dan Snyder has run that organization that the none of the other owners like. But I think especially if you grew up in Washington through the '80s and the early '90s. You had a football team here that owned the town.
1: Yep. It
0: doesn't own the town anymore. No. And, and uh, the, the idea that they can't even get a stadium done. Virginia said no. Maryland said no. D.C. has said no. And and so the, the owners are looking at this market as just a sleeping giant. They're, yeah. They're, there's a real dormant fan base. In every other market in the United States, the NFL is king. I mean, yeah. look at the the ratings that came out from the – Uh, championship games. Over 50 million people were watching the NFL championship games on uh, CBS and on on Fox. And here it's just like, it's here, but like it's just run dormant for two decades now.
1: So to your point on kind of blow you away offer, do you think, I mean, just predictively, there might be an entity that would say it's a sleeping giant. So I can pay way above quote market unquote. And I'm making air quotes for those listening and, and and I can re, I can recoup that because it'll recover the traction it has in this market that Dan Snyder has shredded. Well, you want to buy it at,
0: at the bottom, right? And yeah. so one one of the some numbers that have been thrown out seven billion dollars, yeah. or you know six billion dollars. Uh, a record was set when the Broncos went for uh, over four billion dollars. So mm-hmm. this would, would potentially set a new record. But people see this franchise and the, the room to grow from this franchise, especially if you can get a stadium deal. Uh, with with one of the jurisdictions, you can start to win. You can start to uh, gain back uh, the the fan base, and you start to skirt on the popularity that the NFL has all throughout the country. Uh, it it you know people see that as 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 attractive. Could there be a a, a blow price? One of the white knights is Jeff Bezos. Everybody talks about him coming in, and uh, he didn't make a bid in in the first bit, uh, round of biddings. That doesn't mean necessarily that, that he's out, but. Seattle's uh, supposed to be coming up the Seahawks for yep. sale in the next couple of years. That could, that could work more to his favor because that's where of course where Amazon is based. Yeah. Uh so there are there are a bunch of names that go around having covered team sales for a, for about a decade. One thing I can tell you is the names that you read right now almost certainly you're not going to be the names of the winning bidder because if you really are in, playing in that in that uh, with that money yeah. in that field your name is not in the press. You want it out of the
1: press. Well, one name, my old colleague from AOL, Ted Leonsis, I didn't see being mentioned. Is your do you, any whispers that you think he might be a player in this and consolidate all the teams he owns?
0: Uh, it depends on who he has sort of to 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 move forward with him. His name was uh, was involved with the Nationals because uh, yep. they were up for sale. Although now it's question, uh, there's a question about whether or not they're still up for sale or, or they t- took themselves out of the market, but. Uh, Ted owns, of course, the uh, Capitals, the Wizards, the Mystics, uh, the G League team, uh, a couple of esports teams, yep. and so he has a, a sporting empire. That if he can get the proper kind of financing in to get uh, the uh, the Commanders or to get the Nationals, uh, a couple of years ago he, he was attached in, to to the Orioles. I know you're from Baltimore, yep. and uh, and if he has shown that he wants to expand his sports empire to get one of those teams. So I haven't seen him in an incredible way attached to this. But like I said, that doesn't mean anything.
1: So we're talking with John Iran. John Arand, excuse me. He was the uh, was media like, reporter. That sounded for... very French. I appreciate that. Sorry. We're multilingual. It's uh, on the uh, separate channel here. But uh, media reporter for Sports Business Journal here on what's working in Washington. So let's go back to Dan Snyder for a second. And forgive me for just diving deep into this bile and vitriol that seems to be around To your point, nobody sort of comes to his defense. How do you think he goes to sleep at night? I mean, really, what what is it with this guy to know he is just reviled universally across this nation or the city? What What do you think goes through his brain? He bought this team in the late
0: nineties for under a billion dollars. I don't have the, and it's now worth potentially seven billion dollars. I think he sleeps sleeps happily with his head on 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 economically. uh, Economically, he's doing well and. He, he now has a residence. I've read in the Washington Post uh, over in uh, in England. I did uh, not know that. And uh, and so you know he's a. Uh, he he's they love able him They But he's a lifelong. I just think he's a lifelong fan that thought he'd get this team, and they have they, they have underperformed on the field almost every single season that he's owned the team. And yeah. That has to hurt him even more than sort of being reviled. I think most owners believe that all it takes is a winning season. And that He's hatred back. will turn into oh, thank you, Dan. Yeah. Really?
1: Well, what's your opinion? Do you think if the if the if the commanders, I still have a tough time saying that, if they were in the championship game like we just saw two of last a few days ago, um, do you think the fans would forgive them? No.
0: I think the fans would come back and support the team. Yeah, I, I think we saw that a decade ago. That's how long it's been. Yeah, but RG 3s a uh, rookie year. Right, uh, Robert Griffin the third. Good call. He came back, and all of a sudden, people were watching the games again, and people were going to the games. They weren't being taken over by the other team, and, and so this is a again a dormant fan base. But the, 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 he would need more than just one run to a championship game to,
1: to change the perception. And RG3 was such a such a media darling for a while. He was on every commercial. It was and, and I feel very, very badly about his career. I was actually worried as a Baltimorean, you know, I follow obviously Lamar. And I'm interested in your take on that deal, whether they will sign Lamar. Because some say he will no longer be a Baltimore Raven. But he's become a uh, – him and a few other Ravens have become complete media celebrities in Baltimore, as it should be. What's your bet on him staying a Raven? RG three also was with the Ravens for a while, that's backing, right. backing up Lamar right. Jackson. Yes,
0: uh, Heisman Trophy winners uh, as backups. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I that that's not not my area of expertise. Yeah. I don't cover it, but you're asking me for my opinion, and yes. I'm going to tell you he's not re-signing with the Ravens. I agree. He's, he's gonna gonna move on. It just feels. I, I just yeah. get this feeling there that the Ravens have moved on from him, and that. even by him not playing in the playoffs when I think he could travel. He didn't even travel with the team when he
1: could have, I think that he's checked out and they've checked out on him. I completely agree. Sadly, Mm. uh, as a Raven fan, now I've adopted this new, this team. I say new, it's been whatever, 25 years. Um, He's so exciting, but I'm just not sure to the, you know, to the, uh, to the injury. It was the same with RG three. It's the same with any mobile quarterback. You're one play away. I mean, look at the last, look at, look at the, the the, the last two um, the two games we just enjoyed where uh, Mahomes was hurt, and um, obviously the 49ers had two quarterbacks hurt. Uh, it's unclear whether mobile quarterbacks, and they, those weren't really mobile quarterbacks. Mahomes, obviously, it's unclear whether that can be sustained over an 18-game season. Well, I mean, the the 49ers went to the championship game with their third-string quarterback. Exactly. So yeah, who was who was so it's John Aron, ladies and gentlemen. He is the media reporter for sports. Business Journal here in Washington, D.C. We're having great conversation about all things that matter and what's working in Washington. We'll be back with more conversation. after. We want to put out a huge thank you to our listeners who put us in touch with some of the best voices in Washington, D.C. and the region. We've been hearing from you through Twitter, LinkedIn and other direct messaging. If you know someone we should be talking to on our show, let us know. And thanks to all of those who stay in touch with us. We're back. I'm Mark Walsh, your host. We're once again really happy to be joined by John Arand. He is the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal and knows of all things sports. And it's so exciting to discuss this because it's important in Washington, D.C. We are a sports town, in my opinion. I hope you share that, John.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. All the and major teams here, the exactly. Nationals
1: won, the Capitals won within the past couple of years. It's all good. Absolutely. Well, speaking of watching good sports, uh, we were talking about Sinclair Broadcasting, a, a powerhouse. I think Sinclair TV stations reached like 90% of American households all in. I know them from Baltimore growing up. The, the Sinclair father, I guess the grandfather, maybe the Smith. Grandfather owned a small UHF station back when UHF stations were not good. Called WBFF. Sinclair is uh, they're based in Hunt Valley. Exactly. Which, which I think is a name they just made up. Oh it's, no no no,
0: Cockeysville.
1: it's Cockeysville. Okay yes but no Hunt Hunt Valley Hunt Valley again it's there, Hunt Valley has existed before there's Sinclair but it is okay. a very it's attractive. yes it's Cockeysville but who <laughs> wants to say live in Cockeysville? I don't know <laughs> yeah so they 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 do um, uh, they, they they do they do highlight that but they purchased um, from Fox the RSN network. Walk our listeners through what RSN stands for, what the purchase price was, and kind of how that's fared.
0: So they bought uh, about 21 regional sports networks, RSNs, uh, from – they actually bought them from Disney because they were part of part of what Fox sold to Disney. Got it. But the federal government said, we don't want Disney owning ESPN and all of ESPN's channels nationally and all these local channels. Understood. That's, that's not fair. So they made Disney sell this uh, regional sports network group. And there was a big bidding war Uh, major league baseball got a bunch of people together and they they were trying to buy it uh sinclair swooped in they bought it for right around 10 billion 11 billion dollars real money Uh, uh, this was about three years ago they're worth about two billion now that would be less (laughs) that's a lot less and of the eight billion in losses, they're now owned by creditors and 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 uh, debt holders, and they're agitating to get their money back for for obvious reasons. And the uh, the problem is that the regional sports network business, the entire cable business, is uh, experiencing the downswing right now. There's uh, cord cutting. Yep. If you're an if you don't like sports and you like entertainment programming, you almost certainly have already cut the cord, and you're now. Uh, YouTube, bin, or, yeah, yeah. You're binging on Netflix or you're right. binging on Apple TV Plus or or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the the sports is the one thing that's holding everything together. Yep. Uh, but the regional sports networks, they're suffering these uh, by by cord cutting. So the number of people they're going to are going down, while the prices that they're paying to teams continues to go up. It's an unsustainable business model. Wow. Right there. And as a result, Bloomberg had a report out that they're going into bankruptcy within the next month, month and a half or so. Uh, the, this is a Diamond Sports group, not Sinclair. And so th- this is a big issue because all of a sudden, if you're a team that ha- that that is with Bally Sports, n- none of the local D.C. teams are with, uh, w- with the Bally Sports, but if yeah. you're a team with the Bally Sports,
1: it's possible. Is that the- one of the RSNs, that part of uh, Diamond?
0: Yeah, right. Okay. They, Diamond owns a Bally Sports RSNs. Okay. It's possible you're not going to receive a media rights fee, which means you're going to have a hard time paying your players. Paying, you're going to have a hard time paying the director of marketing for the team or the communications director wow. for the team. And so this is going on. And it's not affecting D.C. yet, but it's a whole market. Uh, uh, Ted Leontes, who you mentioned earlier, he bought uh, NBC Sports Washington from, from NBC. Okay, And so he, he has a little bit more control over that. Uh, but they're facing the same problems where you know they're, 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 it's a declining way of uh, it's a declining subscriber base on cable. So Ted's pro, uh, Ted's uh, idea is to uh, go direct to consumer. It's not well. Ted's that was idea. my
1: next question. Isn't that the
0: obvious play here? Maybe it is, except for direct to consumer is hard because yeah. you're not going to make the same amount of money. The RSN business it was a great business. These teams had they could just write in. 9% increases in their media rights fee revenue every single year. What yeah. a great business. And it went on for like two decades or three decades wow. where uh, where people were watching it. And now it's sort of, you're not going to make that up. Uh, I, I actually had Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, on a pan, uh, I was interviewing him on stage. And I was asking him about this. And he said that he's told his teams, just be prepared for some pain. Yeah. Because uh, the, the rights fees, they're going to start to go backwards a little bit. And 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 until direct to consumer really becomes something that you know our parents are able to sort of click on and watch, then it's it's going to take a little while for that 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 media money and that
1: uh, revenue to come back. Well, let's define pain as as you saw it. In your opinion, does that mean that an NBA team owner will pocket less? Could there be some bankruptcy? Could it be they're to your point unable to afford to pay their number one star and that man will be traded to another team that can. Is, is that the kind of chess moves we're going to see or where, where do we go? Well, and that's the funny thing. Most
0: people look at the uh, look at these owners and they're like, oh, they're in sports. They own these teams. Uh, we, we talked about Dan Snyder paying less than a billion dollars and now it's worth $7 billion. He's doing fine. The problem is these teams on a year-to-year basis – they don't make a, a big profits, you know. They, they they have a lot of yeah pay, pay uh, money that they uh, pay out to the players and and, and to staff, and so they they run pretty lean. So if this money doesn't come in, the owners and the leagues are going to have to figure out how to um, uh, get loans and 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 work, yeah. work out that way, or also sell, sell the teams. That's the only that's the only other way to uh, to make money. So it's potential. There's a the worst case scenario is superstar players get paid less, and it probably won't be the superstar players. It's a, a, a middle, mid-level and, yeah, and guys yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end of the bench. Uh, uh, some of the teams are going to, you know, people that work for the teams are going to get laid off. Yep. And uh, you can see sort of this coming as a worst-case scenario in these ballet sports markets if it goes into ba- uh, uh, bankruptcy and chaos reigns.
1: Well, to your point, it's like the old joke, a sad joke about the British royalty that they were cash poor and land rich, right? So having an asset that's worth a lot of money that is illiquid doesn't necessarily mean you're you know, are you're, you're 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 walking on shekels. So so there could be some real churn in ownership. And Steve Ballmer will buy everything. I love him. With that Microsoft money. Bezos. Bezos is supposed Bezos. to buy it. Well, he, could buy all, he could buy every team in America, really, with the $140 billion that, that he is representing. But that is so hard to cry poor for the uh, for the owners it, when it, they're sitting on these billion-dollar assets. Well, but let's talk about revenue because uh, we were we were chatting off-air about, about gambling. And we both uh, have seen, experience. I actually got a nice tour from Ted and his colleagues of the – Gambling arena that's built into—I forget—is it called the Verizons? What, what? What? What's where do they play? We're now Capital One Arena. Capital One Arena, which sorry. I'm so
0: upset. I thought they should call it the Cap Center,
1: Capital uh, One Arena. But yeah, but yeah. they never—they never did that. Damn it! I hate that branding problem. Anyway, but down there they have obviously a lot of floor space uh, allocated to the to the uh, to the gambling behavior, and I think they still have a stipulation that you can't walk from the gambling part into the arena. So they're actually thick drapes. I don't know if you've seen that, but they have thick mm-hmm. drapes, and apparently they're about to get. Uh, the litigation will conclude that, in fact, you can have a free – you can walk from the gambling party. I thought it was very, very odd. But clearly that's a source of revenue, although I'm told maybe you have you have more, you have more uh, transparency into it. It doesn't generate Ted's and the economics that much money all in. But that seems to be something that all the owners are going to go for. Do you agree? Uh,
0: yeah, and and it doesn't uh, attract that much money yet. I mean, once again, again you're t- talking about potential here, and uh, everybody sees it as – a potential revenue stream that that uh, is, is going to be big, and there's there there's actual evidence, and you can see it from uh, fantasy football and fantasy baseball. People that gamble watch games longer, and uh, and if they, they wa- if they watch games longer, advertisers want to get in front of them, and all of a sudden it, it just starts a, a revenue a very good cycle.
1: Point. That's a very good point. They they care about in the fourth quarter whether number thirty two gets an extra fifteen yards. For their fantasy team,
0: right, right. Wow, I
1: hadn't even thought of that. Or, or what, the, what, what they're now
0: doing down at a Capital One Arena. I think the Wizards are going to outscore the Nuggets in the fourth quarter,
1: and, and wow. I'm going to bet on that, even though the game is like a blowout game. So this takes me back, if I may, John Arant, uh Back in the day, in the in the 80s, uh, when I went to, I lived in Manhattan, we go to Yankee Stadium, and the investment bankers would take a bet uh, at the end of each inning. When the pitcher left the mound, when he rolled the ball, whether it went up on the mound and stayed I, or rolled off. I know off, that bet well, yes. Yeah, and these are, they, you know, they were betting to what seemed to me to be you know huge sums of money because they were investment bankers making huge sums of money. <laughs> but the idea of betting on everything, it's kind of a British thing. you know They bet on everything in Britain. So this idea of, of the economics of, of betting, do you think it'll help some of the challenges you were mentioning about the uh, RSNs and those economic woes? Uh,
0: that is one thing that uh, Sinclair, when they when they owned the RSNs, uh, Fox, when they owned the RSNs, everybody sees uh, um, revenue potential from from uh, legalized gambling. And as legalized c- gambling is going market state by state now in terms of uh, g- getting legalized, as that becomes more
1: prevalent, yeah, they, they see a nice big revenue stream there. We're talking with John Arand. He is the, uh, Arand, he is the media reporter. I'm going to get your name right at some point. He's a media <laughs> reporter for the Sports Business oh, Journal. Man. John and his colleague uh Marshen what's Mr. Andrew Marchand. Andrew Marchand. Yeah. They have a great podcast, the John the Marchand on Iran Sports Media Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to that on your podcast platform. So let's go to esports. I'm sorry, I don't get it. And I know that's probably ageist. To watch somebody else play Doom or whatever, I guess that's that that really dates me to say Doom. It seems like an incredibly profitable market, though. District Gaming. We, we're the champs.
0: DC is the champs in eSports. Is I that right? Ted Go DC! Ted Leonsis owns the team. Yeah. Uh, and, well, I think
1: Don Davis. But yeah. Uh, uh, no, no. Don's the fighting guy. But anyway, see ya, yeah, Ted. Uh, so, so,
0: but uh, it's uh, profitable? Here's a problem with with eSports is that everybody looked and uh, it, it, they, they sold out Madison Square Garden to watch people play uh, video games, basically. unbelievable! It is it is incredible, and so everybody looked at that and said, "Again, what growth potential here?" Yeah, and let's let's turn it into a TV sport, or let's turn it into a streaming sport. And uh, there's a Amazon owns Twitch, and if you go on yeah. Twitch, you can see a ton of these uh, yes. uh, esports games. I'm sad to admit, sad to, sad to admit that I have done that. The problem is like there's no advertising with it. Ah. Uh, the problem is that it, uh, it sold out Madison Square Garden, but nobody's sitting at home watching, w- w- watching this, it didn't turn yeah. into a great big TV sport, but as, as far as like, a you know, a, a, a kind of a niche sport out there, it's doing okay. But yeah. it's, you know, the, the, I mean, the new hot thing is pickleball. Of course.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Are you? Uh, do you
1: play? I've never played. Uh-huh. I will probably take it up. Um, there was, I think 60 Minutes did a, did a piece on it about how noisy it is and how people that live near pickleball courts, which used to be tennis courts, where the noise level is a little more manageable, are now screaming that it's incredibly loud, the, the clunk of the thing. Um, have you played it? And if so, do you find it as addictive as it seems to be? Uh, I've played it
0: once. I can see where it totally gets addictive. But I, I I have a dog and I walk the dog in our neighborhood past tennis courts, that have gone unused for for years. Yes, and all of a sudden now they're crowded with pickleball players. It's uh, the 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 growth, and this is another one. People see that growth and they're like, let's turn it into a TV sport.
1: And and so we'll see if it turns uh, works out as a TV sport. I have watched a couple of pickleball tournaments. I think the top players are starting to make some real dough. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. and for esports, I want to return. I I back in the day when 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 the, uh. Uh, computer-based games for road racing. They would have uh, advertising on the track just like you would in a a real track. So product placement, do you think there'll be any traction in revenue from product placement in e-games? Uh, sure, I guess. Yeah, so. what the hell, I right?
0: Mean, all I, right. I, I just don't think it, it's like it's not gonna we make started off talking about the NFL. Yeah, yeah, you're Not not like an eight billion dollar. You're right. So yeah, they can make something. There's a nice little business there. Seventy about. bucks. <laughs> all right. Uh,
1: so John, John, Arand, We ask all of our guests at the end of the show if they could rule the world. If they rule the world, what one thing they would start and one thing that they would stop. What, what is your answer?
0: Oh, I, I, I well, I'm in sports, so. Yeah. Uh, I would make sure that Tony Romo never calls another NFL game again.
1: What? Tell me why you don't like him. Wait, do you like Tony Romo? I do. I'm sorry. I We, we, we differ. I'm respectful, but I, tell
0: me why you don't like him. My mother used to have a saying whenever I, I would talk too much, and she would say that I have diarrhea of the mouth. I know the phrase. That's uh, Tony Romo to the nth degree. He he just kind of comes in. He shows his excitement But then he doesn't keeps talking. He just keeps talking and he he keeps making the same point and he keeps
1: going. So I'll give you a phrase that my mother didn't tell me, but my, my business colleagues used to. They said, when all it takes to make the sales for you to say boo, don't say boo boo. So Tony Romo says boo boo. He does continue Tony on the show. Tony says part. boo boo boo. Yeah, he goes through <laughs> there. All right. So so John O'Ron is saying no more Tony um, Romo. And just remember, folks, you can go to the Marchand. Is it Marchand? Marchand, Marchand. Marchand uh, and Oran uh, uh, yeah. Sports Media Podcast. That's M A R C H A N D and O U R A N D Media Podcast to learn more. Thank John, thank you so much for being on the show. Awesome. It'd be great to be here. The team behind What's Working in Washington is a great group. The executive producer and editor is Tracy Madigan. Online content, Anna DeGraff. And that theme music you enjoy, performed by the sunbathers. You've been listening to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast.